and we're so lucky to have a new year of learning. Um, I want to dedicate the learning to the refuge name of my uncle, Shmuel Hakon ben Chaya, and to our, our friend here in Efrat, Shlomo David ben Penina, immediately. Um, we have a very, very special shir today, and I probably say that every week, but I mean it every week also, but this time I really mean it, because uh, we're not going to see each other till after Yom Kippur, and today we're going to do something very special for Yom Kippur. And um, mamash, like, when you hear the way that tzaddikim used to, used to experience the holidays, uh, it does a roshim on you, it makes you realize, it makes you feel like, maybe I could, maybe I could feel more. Maybe I could tap into more. And we did that a little bit last week with learning how Rav Cook was during the Tkiot Shofar of Rosh Hashanah. And, um, hi, welcome, come. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to see a little bit, we're going to learn a little bit of Rav Cook on stories about his experience of Yom Kippur and go into a teaching as well of his Yom Kippur, but a really important teaching, actually a really like, uh, for me, a transformative teaching. It's one of those teachings, it's one of those learnings that I, I feel like dancing around the table after I, after I learn it. Um, two, just two, two announcements before we continue learning. Come, there's, there's over here. One is if everyone can please not act like a woman and eat and drink. <laughs> that would be really nice. <laughs> it's, and uh, two, if you could please turn your phones uh, on, on silent. Huh? That's funny. Yeah. If you could please turn your, your, your phones on to silent. Um, so I'm going to pass these around and we're going to see where we're going to we're going to do something very, very special. I don't know if we are. Uh, for now, I think we'll be okay. But we might, might, we might have to share. The piece we're looking at today is going back into this book that I showed you last time called Mo'adeha Re'aya which is this beautiful book on Rav Kook with all the Chagim. I'm, fi- I'm just finding the gems upon gems in here. And um, this is the first piece on the whole Inyan of, of Yom Kippur. Just before that, I wanted to share with you, I just shared with the, with the men when we were learning, um, a very interesting edut, very interesting testimony. Is there enough? Yeah. yeah okay, good. A very interesting testimony that the students that spent Yom Kippur with Rav Kook gave, very similar, each one said almost the same thing. Now listen to this, it's very, very interesting. They all said, we could all give a dut, we could all give testimony that he was there, that he was physically there, that Rav Kook was mamish there. But just like we could give a dut that he was there, we could also give testimony, what does he want? <laughs> it's amazing. Always when you want to, when it's like the most important <laughs> stuff to learn. No, this is means it's that important. Yeah. Maybe you need to hear it also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> but this is like a really, it's a very interesting thing when you see that a few people say the same thing. This is what it is. Is that just like they could attest to the fact that Rav Cook was physically in the base midrash during Yom Kippur, so too they could say that Himamish was not there. Do you understand? Just like they could say that he was physically there, 
to the same extent, they could say also that spiritually he was mamish not there. They saw that. They saw that he was physically there, and they saw that he was really in, I mean, he was in the Kodesh Kodashim with the Kohen Gadol, doing the Avoda of the Kohen Gadol on the holiest day of the year. Remember now, who is Rav Kook? What we're going to be doing in these shiurim, we've been doing is a little bit about his life and a lot about his Torah, but it's always good to remember in what context we're speaking about. Who, who, who are we talking about? Rav Kook is a Kohen who's living in Yerushalayim. And he's the chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael. And it's a very hard time. It's a very dreamy time. People are starting slowly to come back. Not really. But Rav Kook, and through his writings, is, a, is experiencing a complete, completely messi, beginning of a messianic process of seeing all his tefillahs coming true before his eyes, beginning to become true before his eyes. And he's living all the tefillahs that he's been saying for so many years. So when the Talmudim say, we could swear, he was there. He was in the shul. He was in the base midrash. But he mamish wasn't. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, that you were somewhere, like you knew you were physically somewhere, but you completely were not there. You know, it says about the Kotzka Rebbe, that after he would finish davening, sometimes it would take him like 20 minutes to kind of, get back and be reminded as to how he got to where he physically got and where he was and where he needs to go because what is this, you know, what's dveikos, real dveikos, real clinging, real connecting during davening completely removes you from wherever you physically are and it puts you right in the makom hamikdash. No matter where you are, it doesn't matter where you are. Sometimes it happens to be, I don't know if you've had this experience, that the hardest place to connect to is the closest you are to the Kodesh Kodashim. Davening at the Kotel on a Friday night is a very distracting experience. It's not so easy. Forget just Friday nights. Bichlal. Mm-hmm. Because when you're hyped up thinking, I'm supposed to feel it, I'm closer, I'm closer, I'm closer, then the more expectation you have on what you're supposed to be feeling, the less it actually happens. It's always like this. Always like this. I experienced that a little bit over Rosh Hashanah. That I was going through certain tefillahs, I was saying... Oh, here, it's supposed to feel like this. And whenever I did that, I didn't feel a thing. I never, it was like, and then when I realized, and then I, and then I would say like, oh, here, I have no idea I'm going to feel. And then there was an opening to actually feel something. But the tzaddikim are one. They're in the words that they're saying. Sort of cook, experienced Yom Kippur in such a deep, personal, intimate way. The Kohen, the Rava Rishi of Israel, really going into, in his heart, into the Kodesh Kodeshim of what Yom Kippur is all about. Now, if I had to ask you that question, what would the answer be? If you had to give me in one word, what's the whole Indian of Yom Kippur? What are you supposed to feel when you leave Yom Kippur? What would you say would be the ideal state of mind, or the proper, or holy, or the, the right state of mind? What, what, what's that? Joy. Joy. Very nice, even though that's not what most people think, but you're not like most people, so that's fine. Purity. Purity is a big thing you'd feel. What's another word we're looking for? Cleanse. Cleanse. What's another word that you want to feel like you want to go home feeling this? Forgiven. The whole Indian is, right? That's that's like, we think the whole Indian is about that. Well, besides one vort from Reb Shlomo, I never heard anyone discuss 
how you're supposed to sense if you're forgiven or not. I don't know how that works. I don't know if that, I don't know. It's a very haughty feeling. If you walk home from Shul, from the Ila, then you're like, wow, it, wor- it worked. <laughs> that's, a, that's, not, you know, that's, not a, that's not for us. These, inyan, these things are not for us. We don't know. We, we, it's not, these things are not for us to figure out. But Rabbi Shlomo said, though, how do you know if you were forgiven? Remember this Torah? It says, what do you do? What's the first mitzvah you do after Yom Kippur? You walk into the sukkah, right? Not the first mitzvah, but the first yantiv mitzvah that you do. You walk into the sukkah, which is a makif. It's a surrounding you. So Rabbi Shlomo says, if you walk into the sukkah and you feel that hug surrounding you from the four corners of the sukkah, then you know, was, you, know you were forgiven. But that's just on a you know, very, very deep level. It's not really for us to, fig- to figure that out. But on a very pashut level, it's very, very dangerous if you walk home from shul, Motzi Yom Kippur, and you're trying to cheshben out, did you cry enough? Were you sincere enough? Do you maybe need to throw in another parak or two of Tehillim to make sure it's a, you know, it's a final seal? These are cheshbonot that can, they can mess with your mind. This, that chatterbox could really mess with you. So you're not supposed to feel those things. That, that, those are things to feel that you were mechupar, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that feels like either. But Esti picked up on one thing, and Rav Cook is going to take this concept of joy, but take it in a completely different way that really, really shocked me. So if you look on your page, if you look first at the bottom, uh, not the bottom, but where it says, Ashreichem Yisrael lifnei mi atem mitaharim. Have you heard that nigun before? You've ever heard this nigun before? They sing it at every wedding now. And it's in Meiron, that's the only song they sing. You never heard this nigun? Yeah. It's a very. Huh? It's a Could be. Could be, could be that it was, that it was thrown onto something. Could be. So he's going to speak about those words. Look, look what this Sefer says. This Sefer is talking about the students of Rav Kook. Regarding the Iker of what Yom Kippur is all about, We were told over things in the name of Rav Kook, from the mouth of the Chassid of the Kehuna. Who is that referring to? Nazir Elokim Harav David Hakohen Zatzal. This was Harav Hanazir. Um, have you have you heard about the chief rabbi of Haifa who died last month, Rav Shar Yeshua Cohen? This is his father. His father was Rav Cook's one of Rav Cook's top students, um, and he was a Nazir. It's very funny when you look at these pictures of Rav Cook with his first students. There's always like this, what's that hippie doing there? Because there's there's like this rough there, but he has. He has this long hair. Uh, like, or why is that hippie wearing a black hat? Like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't add up so much. He was a Nazir, the Arav Nazir. the first group of students of Rav Kook was so eclectic. They were so different, like Rav Kharlap, Rav, uh, and the Rav Nazir. We're talking about such giants, so different, so not labeled. You cannot box, you could not box Rav Kook. You could not box his students, even till today. Whenever you like box and label the students, you kind of lose already what, what Rav Kook was all about. Because he was so not about that. So this is words we heard from Harav Hanazir. Okay? 
וכך מספר הגאון ח' י' לוין. This Rav said the following while he was talking to Rav Al-Azir. פעם שאלתי אותו על המאמר של רבי עקיבא, אשריכם ישראל לפני מי אתם מטהרים ומי מטהר אתכם. This is a Gemara in Masech Tayyoma, where it says, אשריכם ישראל, praiseworthy are you Israel, לפני מי אתם מטהרים, before who are you becoming pure, ומי מטהר אתכם. And who, who is purifying you? And the rest of that Gemara says, Avichem Shabashamaim, you're to your father in heaven. Veomer Mikve Yisrael Hashem. Hashem is the mikveh for Am Yisrael. Maha mikveh metar et atmeim. Just like the mikveh purifies someone that's tame, Afa Kadosh Baruchu metaheret Yisrael. So too does the Kadosh Baruchu purify Am Yisrael. So this Rav Levin was asking the Rav Nazir about this statement. Why? ששמעתי אותו חוזר עליו כמה פעמים ביום הכיפורים בהתלהבות ושמחה עצומה. I heard him walking around saying this statement over and over again with tremendous joy. He, he saw this Rav Nazir walking around on Yom Kippur saying, אשריכם ישראל נמתי. You know, Mamash saying these words over and over again. He wanted to understand what's, what's Pshat, what, why are you saying these words? והוא אמר לי, he told me like this, שהמאמר הזה, this statement of saying these words, אשריכם ישראל, הוא סגולה, it's a סגולה, for what? להחדיר אהבת ישראל בלב האדם. You know, להחדיר means? להחדיר? I'm sorry? להחדיר is להחדיר אהבת ישראל בלב האדם, into the hearts of man. When you say this over and over again, it puts Avas Yisrael in the heart of man. Ubifrat, he says, specifically, אם הוא נאמר מתוך שמחה. If you say these words from שמחה, then what happens to you? It's a zgula. For what? You start loving Yidin. You start loving Yidin. Zgula. Now, what's, what's the reason behind the zgula? Nothing. That's why it's called a zgula, right? There's no... He didn't say there's a reason for it. He said it's a zgula for it. You ever go to Mekubal, he gave you something, he said this is a zgula for this? Maybe he knows the reason, but the real Mekubalim knows. Zgulas are zgulas. You don't really understand why. Simple folk don't. You're not supposed to understand why. But he said over here, this is a zgula. You say these words over and over again. Ashreichem Yisrael, lifnei mi atem mitaharim umi mitaharetchem. The, the statement of Rabbi Akiva, when you realize that it's not social pressures that purifies you, or it's not family that you feel, what's that word? You feel um, justified. What's that word? So like you feel uh, con- not convicted. Uh, yeah. Conviction? Con- well, yeah. conviction, I guess. But no, like, like mutzdak, like, we're not justified. Like, you need their, their hechsher in life in order to make it, you know? What's that? You need their approval. Yeah, sorry, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just having a, a, long, a long day. It's only 10. <laughs> He's saying, when you have, when you realize it's Hashem Yisbarach that purifies me, not any social norms or pressure, nothing, not the bank, not, not anything, 
that justifies me and approves me, when you're in that state of mind, there's no, like Esti was saying, there's no greater joy. There's no greater simcha when that relationship is established. Like, you know, to go through Yom Kippur and for it to be meaningful, you, you really have to believe in God. I know that sounds like a very stupid, shallow statement, but we have to keep on reminding ourselves that that's what it's, you know, that's really part of this whole business. You really have to believe that you're standing before God and God is cleansing you and purifying you. Now, he says, Kisim, now look at these next words over here. This is the most important words of today's shiur. Ki simcha hi hamafteach le'ahava. Because happiness is the key that opens the door to love, for love. What does that mean? What does that mean? First of all, it changes, it, it, it changes something right now. Because we thought the point was to be besimcha. The next paragraph is going to show us where Cook tells us something else. The simcha that you experience from recognizing that it's Hashem Yidbarach that's cleansing you and that's purifying you and giving you new kalim for a new year, what is that supposed to cause you? Just to be thankful and gratitude? No. It's supposed to bring you to a place of ahava, of love. You're supposed to love again. You're supposed to reconnect again to that midah of love that what's the reason that we usually, that, what's the reason that that usually, that midah usually gets buried? Why does love usually get buried? What do you think? Because you're angry. Why are you angry? So what's not happening? Simcha. Right. <laughs> Meaning, whatever the reasons are, fearful, depra- those might be all reasons, but what's not happening is simcha. So that, that's actually a pretty trippy thing because that means, based on this, can you love if you're not happy? Can you love someone? Can you love your spouse if you're not happy? It's a heavy question, I know. It's a very, very heavy question. But what do you think? Huh? Not fully. Not fully. Can you love Hashem if you're not a happy person? Feeling pri- a, a feeling of being feeling of privileged, like, like we saw over here, and that privilege brings you such gratitude which fills you with simcha. But real simcha, the truth is, has no... No, I know, I know. I know you mean... I, I was once giving a share in Queens, and I was saying that, uh, I remember I, I was talking about how people think that from means to look like this. <laughs> but if someone walks around like this, then they're, they're not taking too seriously. And I was always like comparing it, like, you know, imagine like these, these yeshivas that come and try to um, interview guys in high schools in America to come to their, to their program, where parents have to dish out a nice, I don't know what it is now. Salary. Yeah, it's, it's a nice 18, 20 grand, I think, to, at least, right? For that one-year program, right? And um, so they're not really going to be that ecstatic if a guy comes to the, to, you know, to, let's say they, they come to check out the EULA or whatever, or DRS or any high school, right? And some guy from a yeshiva that's really on fire for Hashem, he's sitting there jolly and he's dancing with... 
they're not going to spend, they're not going to feel justified spending 20, 25 grand to send their kid to a place like that. They want to see. So I, I said that over Nashir, and then a Rav uh, came up to me and said, you know, it, that, it's true that you don't have to look like that, but Simcha does not mean that you're like that. Simcha can be an inner state of mind that's going on deep inside. Perhaps no one even sees it, but you know that it's happening inside. But whatever you want to call it, meaning however it, it, it becomes, however it's manifested in your life, in the name of Rav Kook, Simcha hi mafteach le'ahava. It's such a beautiful, I want to write like 20 nigunim just to those words. Simcha hi mafteach le'ahava. Happiness is the key that opens the door for love. Using the word tranquility, a better word than simcha, because there are times where right. there's a pikua, and yes, you can feel close to God, but I wouldn't call that happy at the moment. You can be tranquil with... How would you say tranquility in Hebrew? Shalva is more serenity, right? Yeah. Uh, tranquility... No, Miriam's bringing up an interesting thing. Can you, can you... Meaning there are moments in your life where things are, meaning, it doesn't mean that you can't be connected in those moments. Meaning that's my issue with it. Saying that there's no ahava and there's no full Right. Well, like, can you, well, can you love Hashem after a pigua? I think people do. People do. So something's still there. It's that, it's that knowing that, you know, he runs the world and everything's right, but you're not exactly happy in that moment. Are you loving him because... Because you were saved and it turned out okay, or are you, are you loving him because of the pigua? You know, I think it's because of the gratitude that thank God that um, the guy wasn't successful. Well, what's crazy is that you have people like the husband of Daphna Mayer. Right. Exactly. It's just an, it's you cannot you cannot understand these things. These things are just you can't. And also the, I went to the pigua. Parents of Hallel. Parents of they wanted to do, I think they did a Sudas Hoda. Do you know that? No. You heard they, they did a Sudat Hoda that the other kids weren't killed. So you can, you can it's, you're not. So maybe the idea of the Mavkeah is the key, that, that it's an openness. Like it's it, an openness. It doesn't have to be Simcha, right. like smiley happy, but it's an unblocked heart. Nachon. You know, an that's unblocked heart. That's really nice. Like a, it could be anger. It could come out in anger as well. That that's like a certain type well, of anger. Well, anger doesn't for, open up for anything. betterment. No, like there's an anger that's bitter, and there's an anger that's like to do something. You know, to, uh-huh. to want to do something more. Like well, Yom Kippur. So, the, right now we're talking about bichlal, very general, you know, statements. But what we're going to be doing now is seeing how this relates to actually to Yom Kippur itself, because. Frankly, the Gemara says, I mean, the Mishnah says, Lo tovim yom The happiest days in the Jewish calendar were Yom Kippur and Tubav. So we have to, we're going to tune in for a second to the Simcha of, of Yom Kippur and understand if it, if it relates to the terms that we, we've been speaking about over here. So jump to the next paragraph, please. And he continued and said to me in the name, this Rav Hanazir quoted Rav Kook. And he said like this, and this is really, this is really passionately beautiful. I want you to look inside. These words are amazing. Shekol avodat yom ha-kippurim hi lehagia lehitromemut ilait 
של אהבת השם, המתבטאת בקריאת שמע ישראל, שהיא חתימת היום הקדוש. מנסה לנגן, סלולי סלולי. כל עבודת יום הכיפורים, והוא עניין של יום כיפור, is what? is to reach a certain מדרגה עילאית. You know what that means? Like an exalted level. What's this exalted level? אהבת השם. Loving God. I, I want to just say something and put it out there. We're, we're very big on talking about אמונה, 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 right? But how many of us actually feel like we love Hashem? Love Hashem. We have a very interesting, complex relationship with God. I would say, I, it's easier for me to say, I believe in Hashem, more than it's easier for me to truly say that I love God, even though three times a day, I'm saying, This concept of loving God is part of my daily rituals every few hours. However, we connect more to this, I believe in God. That's more important. Loving God? Eh. One day, maybe, right? When do we love God? When are moments that we love Hashem? When things go right for us. When you can clearly see Him, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about either of them. I don't know if that's loving. I think, isn't that, fa- isn't that gratitude? Huh? That's thankful. Is it? I don't know. Well, I definitely don't know, but with a child. I don't know. I think it's love. I think it's love. I'm not going to have the chutzpah to say that I know what, what, uh, what it feels like to give birth. Um, <laughs> I, for, as, as, it's exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> but for us, but, like, but to, you, hold, you know. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's there. I'm sure it's different for everybody as well. Um, what is this? But forget about. How about loving God because of no reason? Is that possible? Because that's what loving Hashem really is. It has nothing to do if you have a child or not. That's true love with anyone. If you נכון. נכון. אהבה שאינה תלויה בדבר. That's the real love. You don't always feel that. Like your kid spills something on the table, right? That was him. You don't stop loving him because he spills something on the table. Really loving him in that moment. Right. And it's okay to say that these days. Right. Yeah. No, there's like different layers. You're not expressing your love for him. Right. Thank you for spilling but, but, but forget yeah. about that. <laughs> I, I want to forget for a second about when good things happen to us or when bad things happen to us. Loving Hashem. Loving Hashem. Just loving Hashem. Just the, the concept. Do you walk around loving Hashem? Or do we walk around with hopefully emuna and believing v'chule? Loving is like this. It's very underrated for some reason. Very underrated. I don't know why. I'm not sure why it's like that. But Rav Kook says the whole point of everything you go through, basically from Rosh Chodesh Elul, the whole month of Tshuva, and then that Rosh Hashanah, and then the Aseh Simei Tshuva, and then everything you go through on Yom Kippur, and all this, and, and come on, we, we go through a lot. If we choose, like Rav Kook says, to take our garbage and put it in front of our faces, like we learned two weeks ago, if we have enough Omet Salev, the courage of the heart to do that, you go through a lot of motions. Rav Kook says at the end of the day, the goal is to reach this exalted, very, very high level, which is called what? Loving God. 
to actually feel that you love Hashem, Avat Hashem. And he says over here, Hamitbatet, it's expressed, the love is expressed with what? With Kriyas Shema Yisrael. But that's only after you do the work. Absolutely. No shortcuts at all. You have to go through all the motions of the discomfort, the, 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 the places you, you generally don't tend to go to during the year. You have to go through all those places in order to actually feel, feel not just feel the love from Hashem, but also anilid dodi. Right? It's also me going towards Hashem in order to feel the vidodi li. it's true. I always tell the Hever that when, they, when we take these trips to the Ukraine, I always say, guys, I know there's a lot of expectations, this and that. Expect n- absolutely nothing. Go there with, with zero expectations. But, wait, what she's saying is very, 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 it's very true. You can't, you can't say, okay, now, now what I'm going to do is, I have a few days for Yom Kippur, my, my goal is what? That I'm going to feel the love. That's the, doesn't work like that. How do you feel the love when you stop even f- remembering that's your matara? Meaning, if, it's, if that's your matara, if that's your bulb if that's what you're aiming towards the whole time, you know what you're not going to end up doing? Dealing with your garbage. Because you'll, you'll be convinced that that's going to sway you away from feeling the love. I'm supposed to feel the love. I'm supposed to feel the love. I can't deal with my garbage right now. I can't call that person and have that sicha that I really know I should, but I don't know if I could love God after that conversation. I don't know if I can feel the love after that conversation. It's a different kind of love. It's not what we're used to. It's not the way we usually think about love. It's completely not dependent on anything. It is a matana. It is a gift that's given to you. But that's only a gift that's given to you when you're willing to rid yourself of all expectations and everything you think has to be in order to maintain love in your life. Now, what we just said right now is exactly the same thing regarding spouses, regarding shalom bias. It's the same, it's the same exact thing. So many couples don't deal with what needs to be dealt with. Why? Because, bless you, what's, what's going to be with the love? I, I, I want to shake up the love, even though inside there's stuff that's going on that you know, yeah, it, it might shake things up a bit because it'll, pe- it'll put people out of their comfort zones. It's the same thing with us in HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. It's the same exact thing. Shira Shirim is such an interesting, you know, it's interesting that in Elul, we use like, Anil Dodiva Dodili, where's that, where's that, where's that Pasuk from? It's from Shira Shirim, the love song of our love songs. Meaning the love song between Am Yisrael and its king, that Shlomo HaMelech describes in the most beautiful way, is our anthem for the month of Tshuva. Because that's what it really is. So, Again, if you look at the bottom paragraph, I want to just read those words again. 
Rav Nazir told me in the name of Rav Kook that Avodat Yom Kippurim is to reach this exalted level of loving Hashem. Hamit Batet, which is expressed through saying what? Shema Yisrael. Now, what, what do you usually say right after Shema Yisrael? Meaning, if you mamish here, if you hear, if you let yourself hear Hashem in your life without any expectations anymore, and it's a new way of listening, then what's going to be the direct result of that? Love. Love. That's going to be the result. Not, a, not, not if you're trying hard to do it, but that'll be the direct result of it. Shehi chatimat hayom This is the ceiling of the holy day. You end tefilat ne'ila with what? Shema Yisrael, uh, Hashem, right? Echad Elokeinu, and Hashem Hu Elokim, right? Sorry, no. Baruch Shem Kvod Malchut Olam Bed and Hashem Hu Elokim. So Rav Kook says like this: Ubichdei lehit romem lemadregazon. In order to go there, to ha- to feel like you can go to that place of loving Hashem, of feeling love, more than feeling forgiven or not forgiven. By the way, love means close. Okay. That's what it really means, closeness. In order to reach that place of feeling close, of feeling love, we have to infuse within us Ahavat Yisrael, loving Yidin, Mamash loving each other. It must be part of everything we said right now. Now look now, this is the Chidush. This is the absolute Chidush of Yom Kippur. ולכן אנו מתחילים את תפילת יום הקדוש בפסוק אור זרוע לצדיק ולישרי לב שמחה. That's where we begin the davening of, of Kol Nidre with what? אור זרוע לצדיק ולישרי לב שמחה. מה הקשר? What does that פסוק mean by the way? אור זרוע לצדיק ולישרי לב שמחה. What does that do with anything he just said right now? שסופי התיבות שלו הם רבי עקיבא. The last letters from that pasuk, Or Zarua la Tzadik Uleishrei Lev Simcha, spell out the words Rebbe Akiva. Who was Re- what, what? What was Rebbe Akiva all about? Shehu shezacha la Madrega Ha'Eliona shel Ahavas Hashem ve'Ahavas Yisrael. What? What? What was Rebbe Akiva's essence? He really loved Hashem, and he really loved Am Yisrael. So Rav Kook says that's where we begin. You know, it's funny, I never saw this Sofet, I never saw this Sofet Tevot before, that this is the, one of the reasons why you say Or Zarua La Tzadik Simcha, because the last letters spell out Rabbi Akiva, till I saw it in here, and since I saw it in here, that, that's all I'm seeing in every Sefer I'm opening regarding Yom, Yom Kippur, it's so interesting. But this is a beautiful thing, like what do we know about Rabbi Akiva? What do we know about him? Besides, you know, he started when he was 40. What, what, what and... His torturous death. <laughs> that's it. The Klag Gadol Torah. What do we so? We know that that's his. Like today, if a Rav would get up to give an amazing wife, that he definitely did. But imagine today, if a Rav got up to give a drasha, and he wanted to really be real and infuse people with inspiration, and he got up and say, "Chevre, really, it all boils down to kamocha." What would we do with a Rav like that? How would we? How would we honor a Rav? Would we honor a Rav like that? What would we say to him? 
Oh, Chazart on the Uman. That's what, that's what you'd probably say, right? <laughs> oh, you're on, you just came back from Uman, right? Well, but that's really, according to Rabbi Akiva, that's what it's all about. So we bring, we start Yom Kippur, a day that's going to end with saying Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alakein Hashem Echad, which Rav Kook says brings the real Ahava, that's, that's expressing the love, we begin Yom Kippur with Rabbi Akiva's energy, or Zerola Tzadik, Uli Yishri Lev Simcha, and the whole davening of Yom Kippur is Simcha, especially Musaf Yom Kippur. When we have the Musaf prayer of the Avodah of the Kohen Agadol Yom Kippur, we say words like Ashrei Ayn Ra'atazot. You know what that means? So Simchadik were the eyes who saw what? Who saw the Kohen Gadol doing what he was doing on Yom Kippur. We have moments of the highest simcha in the world. Emet Everyone knows wherever you are, that's the highlight of Yom Kippur, right? The Chazan says in Musaf, that actually became like the highest uh, wedding song also with Chatan and Kala. Walk out from the Yichud room, suddenly every Chazan knows the Kohen Gadol. That's, that's been a, a very famous song. Emet Man, wow, how amazing it was to see the Kohen Gadol come out of the Yom it's so much simcha during Yom Kippur. Think about it. If you were told that one day a year someone was coming to your house and they were dry cleaning every single cloth you owned that could go through dry cleaning, right? How much simcha would that give you? <laughs> Tremendous, right? Well, that's, what, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. There is, there is this in, incredible... Cl- act of cleaning going on that's really, really, really happening. It's a real thing. So Yom Kippur is a day of so much simcha taking place. There's so much happiness. But remember... Well, because you had a result there. You're saying now, but then we saw... Meaning you, you had that, that feeling you're that st- I was you're, forgiven. You're stealing my Yom Kippur, Jerusha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to continue. Mamish. Now you have to come to Shul on Yom Kippur night as if you weren't going to go. Um... That's no. That's exactly what we're going to be yeah, talking about. Yom Kippur. Like, we then they did. Then they could. That's what. Mamash. That's. I'm not trying to cop out now. I'm saying mamash. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Leil, uh, Leil Yom Kippur. But again, all the simcha you feel. Okay, and this kind of answers it a little bit. Not exactly. And we're going to take a different road in Yom Kippur. All the simcha you feel is not in order to know if you were forgiven. The simcha that you feel during Yom Kippur of closeness is in order to establish what? Simcha hi mafteach le ahava. Simcha that you feel from the closeness that takes place through this cleansing process is in order to love. It's not in order to feel like checklist Yiddishkeit. Got this off the checklist. Hala. Sukkis. Gotta be Yotza Sukkis. That's not what it's about. Then Rav Kook puts it really in, in all the simcha that's taking place is in order to love. Okay, now we're going to finish up. Now go back to the top of this page, okay? And I know it's very distracting, but if you can, just please, please. It's so important. These words are so important right now. Because this is Rav Kook's actual words from his Sidur Olat Raya. Okay? Look what Rav Kook says. 
יום הכיפורים הוא התוכן הפנימי של השנה. יום כיפור is the inner תוכן. You know what תוכן is? Content. The content of the whole year. We thought Rosh Hashanah is the first... It's not. יום כיפור הוא התוכן הפנימי של כל השנה. It's the inner content of the whole year. ובשביל כך, since it is that, like that, הוא נקרא אחת בשנה. It's called אחת בשנה. Meaning, even in the, in the Pasuk that describes Yom Kippur, it's referred to as this thing that happens once a year. Now, other things happen once a year as well. But when Yom Kippur comes, the Torah emphasizes that it's mamash desinyan of achat bashana, happening once a year. Mida achat umiyuchedet hameira betochashana. There's this one mida that takes place on Yom Kippur and it shines through the whole year. Now we know what it is. What is it? What is the one mida that shines through Yom Kippur and shines through the rest of the year? Ahava. Simcha is the means to get there, but it's the love. Why? What happens? Why, why is there so much love? Why is there so much love? You know what else brings love? Hope. Hope brings a lot of love. Somehow, when you have hope, you're more attuned to the midah of love. It's very, very interesting. This midah comes and it shines through the whole year. There are three values to the day itself. Sorry, Daniela, do you mind, it's, do you mind taking her to the playroom and just closing the door? Just sorry, this, it's as it is, learning Rav Cook's Hebrew is a headache. It's, it's not, this is not simple Hebrew, but I know that, it's that we really just, I just really need to focus right now. This love, the, the day of love, has three values, okay? The day itself. This day itself, just on its own, is a very special and holy day. On the level of light, it's so pnimi, it's so inside. You feel things in the inside of your kishkas that you don't feel any other day. And one of the reasons for this is like Chazal say, the, the power of the, the day of Yom Kippur, like this was like the one day that was designated for this God consciousness more than any other day. The Pasuk says, All days were created, but there's one day of the year that's like God's day. What day is that? Yom Kippur. So the day itself has such a value just on its own that that's one value of it. Erech hayom Even if you're just taking care of kids? Absolutely. And, I, and, I, and I'm happy you're bringing this up. Especially. No, no, no. <laughs> just, yeah. No, but... but I'm very happy you're bringing this up because it's a very important thing that I, I'm not... This is not to make you feel uh, better about missing out on the Kedusha of the Shul. It's just a, it's an Indian. Even if you're stuck chopping wood for a pregnant woman that's cold, like there are many Hasidic tales of Rebbeim that did not start cold Nidra. They waited for hours because they heard about a widow that was um, 
uh, not a widow, a, a, wid- a pregnant widow. Yeah, I think it's Reb Levitsky, or the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, right? That he went out to go make sure this one. Now, how could you say Yom Kippur? Yes, you should be in shul. Yes, you should daven. Yes, you should go through everything. But at the end of the day, don't bank on it and now forget everything. But the day itself, the power of the day itself, when a yid goes through the day of Yom Kippur with the consciousness that today is God's day, the day it's, yes, absolutely. And I know it's hard. And I know it's so hard to feel the connection. I, I can't imagine it. I can't, I, 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 I almost can't imagine it. And um, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend that like now you'll be able to feel the connection because you went to a shear and you were told it still works, you know. But Chazal tell us that the day itself is mechaper, the day itself. Okay, that's one concept. Itzumo shaliyom, the value of the day itself. Then there's another value to this day, and what is it? Erech. We're on the third line, the fourth line from the end of the of the line. Fourth word, fourth word in the line. Erech ha'alaoto et kol What does Yom Kippur also do? It takes the whole year that just passed and it elevates the daylights out of it. Meaning the closeness that is felt and really the love that's felt takes all the shvach days that you had from the last year and all the moments of wondering if you're worth anything. Because those moments weigh very heavy on us. Those self-persecution moments, they weigh very, very heavy on us. And they usually last a long time. If you've ever spent any time doubting if you're worth anything, you know that those days have a big mishkal. They're very heavy on you. And they last for a long time. But when you go through the kapara and you reach the simcha, which brings you to the love, so Rav Kook says, what does is, what is, what is that, the power of that love do? It looks back at the year that passed and it elevates that whole year that came. That's the real, t- that's the, like on a level of a tikkun. Imamish takes the whole year and it brings it up, the year that passed. But what else does it do, obviously? But what it really does is that it gives you a chance to feel that you can love Hashem this year. It gives you a chance that you could really love people this year. And most of all, the power of Yom Kippur itself gives you a chance that you could really love you for real this year. The power of Yom Kippur, there's no words. You realize what we just did right now. This powerful day, again, the three values of this awesome holy day because it's all about simcha, which brings you to love, what does it do? The day itself is a tunnel, is a mikvah. The day itself is just a mikvah. Whether you're in shul, whether you're taking, especially if you're taking care of the children. Um, and, and whatever else you're, you're forced to do, that even though you, you'd rather be in a shul and be, and be talking to Hashem all day long. You know, in English, it's very interesting. I had a friend that used to play around with a lot of these words in English and show how it's, you know, the English language is very holy. What's Yom Kippur called in English? Day of Atonement. Day of At-one-ment. You, you reach the Achat, that one day. I know, it's cute, but sometimes, sometimes these things actually work, you know. I like that one. That actually works, At-one-ment. I mean, this guy, he spent the day leading 
Jewish yoga in, in uh, Pan Pacific Park, in, 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 in Roxbury Park in L.A. Uh, you, know, you know Roxbury Park, right? Yeah. Uh, I grew up in that park, actually. But he, he, did, he did yoga in, in, in Roxbury Park. The point is, though, is this achat. This one day, it's just Hashem's. The day itself is so powerful due to what? Due to that exalted opportunity of love, of loving again. The cleansing that we go through is not so that we could say, forgiven, hala. When you ask someone from Mechila that you hurt, and they say, I forgive you, because they know they have to, right? Because it's Yom Kippur. How does that make you feel? So on a level of checklist, it makes you feel okay. But come on. That really makes you feel good? You know the love's not there. You know when we see this in the Torah? After the Miraglim did what they did, so they, we asked for forgiveness. Hashem was going to wipe out Ham Yisrael. There was an asking of Mechila taking place. Were we forgiven? Yeah, we were, we were forgiven. So everyone thought, oh, okay, so let's just continue journeying to Israel because forgiveness took place. God says, wait, 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 wait. I forgive you, but... I don't trust you to come into my bedroom now. Meaning, the human, the human psyche really isn't okay with just being forgiven. That's not going to make us feel good. That's why it doesn't matter if you feel forgiven or not. That's not the ikar. The ikar is, do you feel intimate again? Can you feel in love again? That's what you really want. Yechaz shall have a fight with your spouse. So you say, I forgive each other, and the next day... The other one does the, the chores for the kids in the morning, but there's not real sicha taking place between, there's not real conversation between the two of you during the day. So you're happy that you're not fighting, but you're broken, that you're not feeling the love, and that you don't feel the closeness. Yom Kippur is a day of, it's bringing you back to that closeness when you know how to value yourself and when you know how to value relationships in your life. And when you come back to a place of saying, I so value the opportunity and privilege to love Hashem. That's, that's all that Simcha is leading us towards. So, after saying all that, you can now understand that this was all happening in Rav Cook's heart while he was davening Yom Kippur. So the Talmudim said, yeah, he was there physically. He showed up to Shul. He was part of a minion. But boy, he was, he was not there. He was, in, he was you know, somewhere else, somewhere, somewhere real. And we're very real. But you know what? This lab, this place is like, it's reachable for all of us. I know sometimes we learn these very lofty concepts of like, oh, this is a really nice vort, but how in the world could I ever connect to this stuff, right? Listen, when you let yourself go to the zone of Yidbodedut, of just talking to Hashem about these things, these things become real in your life. But one thing you know, in order to have a strong year this year, you need one thing. You need to stop having no self-worth. You cannot afford anymore to have days where you feel like you're not worth anything. That whole, it's, it's such tumma, And you need tahara for that kind of tumma. It's tumma. So the whole point of Elu is not to realize how bad you are to fix things. It's to realize how powerful you are. That's the place you're supposed to get to by the time you say Shema Yisrael. And then when you realize all the power is because Hashem gave you the power to go there, that brings you so much Simcha. And then that Simcha brings you to be able to say, I love you. So I'm giving you all homework. 
and myself homework. Right after Shema, right after that Kia Gdola, say it. Say it. And talk to yourself. Say it to yourself. I love you. Say it to Hashem too. And say it to well, anyone else you want to say. You don't have to start walking around to anyone, I love you. But say, you have to say it. You definitely have to say it to yourself. And you have to say it to Hashem. No pressure, anybody. But that, I think, could be a completely transformative uh, Yom Kippur. And again, don't like not do anything now and then try to do this on Motzah Yom Kippur and then like, oh, it didn't work. Still a few more days of Asayas Mitzvah. There's Shabbat Shuvah. There's a lot of things, a lot of different things to tune into, to plug into. Learn a little bit about Rabbi Akiva. Learn a little bit about his life, who he was. Bring, that, bring Rabbi Akiva's energy, not just Leil Kol Nidre. Bring it in now as well, so that Bezrat Hashem, the mikvah of Yom Kippur, could really do what it was meant for. For us to go through it, feel like we're going through the holiest day. My whole last year was just elevated and cleansed. And now, Baruch Hashem, I have a, I have a go sign and saying, you can do it this year. All right? Yofi, thank you so much for coming. Um, next week is the morning after Yom Kippur. Now, I just want to say one thing. Um, I, after Sukkot, I have to travel a little bit. But every time, any time that we're able to learn, I want to do it. Next Thursday morning is the right, Yom Kippur is Tuesday night, Wednesday, right? It's Tuesday night, Wednesday. The most beautiful, Rav Kook is known for many things, but mainly, one of the main pieces is the connection between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. It's one of the most beautiful pieces that's out there. I would love to have a class next Thursday morning, if that's okay. Um, so no pressure if you have a lot of things to do. And if you want, if you can't make it, you can, uh, I record all these shirim and then send it out to a list. You can leave me your email. But uh, whoever can make it next Thursday morning at 10 o'clock, it will be really, really meaningful to uh, continue the, the fire of the love and bring it into the sukkah. Okay? Thank you, Yofi, thank you so much for coming, everyone. Thank you.